Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I'll be interviewing Rabbi Mendy Gutnick, Shliach to Parkland, Florida, on the topic of Bas Mitzvah. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlach on their Shluchim. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Happy, happy okay, to be here time. Let me begin by, by thanking our sponsors. I would like to thank Svassman Jewelers and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all the Shluchim. And let's get right to it. When it comes to Bas Mitzvah, I think the hardest thing is, is that the, all the families have this peer pressure to do it like everyone else and to do their Bas Mitzvah like, like uh, Bar Mitzvahs. So how do you convince someone or help someone be open to the idea of doing a Bas Mitzvah differently? Okay. So the the fact is that there will be people, first off, that you'll never be able to convince. You'll you'll hit the wall of them not reading the Torah, not standing on the bimah, and there's nothing you can do about that. So you have to have the expectation that you will lose some. There's no such thing as 100%. It's just the world we live in. That's that's what we're up against. However, I believe that by giving them an appreciation for everything that you offer as far as they're not there for the first time. Most likely they've already been involved in Hebrew school. They've already uh, come to you know, some of your holiday events and so on. And they, they have a taste of what really Yiddishkeit should be all about, the authenticity of Yiddishkeit. So you're explaining to them that Bas Mitzvah is not just a one-off ceremony and it's a journey. And therefore it's an experience that this child is going to have not only before the Bas Mitzvah, not only during the Bas Mitzvah, but after the Bas Mitzvah as well. And if you can sell the package of what really the entire journey for a girl and the same thing with a bar mitzvah for a boy, and you can actually influence them that you really want to make a real difference to your child. You really want them to have an appreciation for Yiddishkeit. And you can point to examples throughout the, the, you know, the world of whether it may be reform or conservative or other affiliations that the clear idea of a bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah is the ceremony, get it over and done with, It'll be a little torturous. It'll be a difficult experience for you. But ultimately, you have to do it. That's the way you have your big party and celebration. And then it's over. And then it's finished. So you can point to the failure of Bar Bas Mitzvahs throughout the entire Jewish world today. And really, you know, the, the fact that they don't succeed in doing what they're supposed to, to say we're fighting that. And this is the way we will uh, definitely heal or may have a remedy for that particular problem. And by them first being sold into the idea that they want something genuine, they want something authentic, now you've opened the conversation, the narrative, to there being a different style of, uh, of bas mitzvah that you want to give them. So that's the first you step. Offer them- the second step is, I tell them that you're not really, it's not really that much of a difference. You know, there's not really going to be, as far as she's concerned, she's learning the same amount, she's studying, she's succeeding at, you know, because they have their expectations that, you know, she needs to read a certain amount of Hebrew, do a haftorah and all this kind of thing. So in essence, we're saying that she's still going to be accomplishing the same amount, succeeding at, at having that feeling of satisfaction that, you know, this is culminating my, my, all of my studies and, and my learning. And there's no compromise, and quite the contrary, we're teaching her things that she'll have useful, useful later in life, not just a one-time Torah reading that you'll, you'll read and she'll never read again, but rather it's prayers, there are uh, chapters of Tehillim, there are particular readings that we do with them that this is something that she will benefit from for the entire duration of her life, things that she can say uh, any given time, whether it's every day or, or on Shabbos, whatever it may be and uh, particularly revolving around mitzvahs and so on, that um, 
that she'll, she'll really make use of, but she's not compromising on the amount or the quantity and certainly not the quality of the actual service slash ceremony itself. So you, you, you say Haftarah, we say Kapitel Tehillim. You want, you want a name for it? Even to one degree, I said to a parent, you want to call it a Haftarah? It's fine, call it a Haftarah. But she's going to read this section. She's going to translate it. She's going to say it first in Hebrew and then in English, give an explanation on it, talk about some of the Mepharshim on it. And yeah, technically that's a Haftarah. You want to say it's a Haftarah? It's a Haftarah. So for most parents, I'd say 90% of the parents, I mean, maybe it's a tad disingenuous to say that, you know, they're, they're reading a section from the Torah from a Chumash and translating it uh, is, is a Haftarah. But for all intents and purposes, they don't really know, you know, the exact definition of Haftarah standing up there after Kriya, you know, doing Maftir and so on. They see it as a reading in Hebrew that she's learned, she's studied, she, she's accomplished, and that's what she can do. She's doing the same thing. So is it in the same format? Is it standing on a bimmer on a Shabbos morning? No, it's not. But in essence, it's the very same thing. She's achieving it to the same degree. And I don't feel we're sort of patronizing to this uh, misleading idea of what about Smitzvah is because ultimately we're changing the entire approach, especially here in our city, of, uh, of the Bas Mitzvah being from a big show slash performance, which is that version of their Haftarah, versus what we do, which is a lot more of an intimate, very personal, uh, very relatable, and very meaningful experience for her and for her whole family, that uh, while you know, she's doing something completely different, it's still similar enough that makes them feel very, uh, very happy with it. Beautiful. I actually heard that uh, you have a way of focusing on a bar mitzvah in a way that it's also meaningful. Could you tell us about that? Correct. We, we, we also noticed when, with the success of the bas mitzvahs that we're doing, and by the way, we do about 25 to even 30 bas mitzvahs a year on this Friday night style service, which we'll go into the specifics in a moment. But just the bar mitzvah as well started to, you know, people started to look at the bas mitzvahs and say they're actually much more meaningful and they enjoyed the services of the bas mitzvah a lot more. We have, we do the bas mitzvah service before we do Kabbalah Shabbos on Friday night, usually 45 minutes before. It's a 45 to an hour. Uh, service and uh, ceremony, and they come in, people who come for Kabbalah Shabbos come in earlier because they want to see it, they love it, they enjoy it, and they started to say, well, you know, we're noticing with the Bar Mitzvah boys, yeah, they're still coming Shabbos, but it's actually a lot less personal because they come in shul and they, they, they're not part of the actual regular crowd. They have to sit, you know, without knowing what's going on. Only by 11.30 do they get their aliyah and so on. And it's, 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 it's a much longer service. It's a lot less personal, a lot less interactive. You're not talking the whole time like you're doing with the bas mitzvah. You know, as the girl's introducing and you're introducing, it's a lot just he gets up and does his thing. As they said, is there any way the bar mitzvah can become a little more personal as well? Now, for years already, this has been an issue because on Shabbos, when we do the bar mitzvah, and again, we do quite a lot every, every year, there's a big rift that's starting to take place between the regulars who say, why are these bar mitzvah families coming to hijack uh, shul every week or twice a month and we don't get our list, we don't get the attention from the rabbi and the drush is not to us, it's to the family and they would always resent the fact that the bar mitzvah family comes in the bar mitzvah family feels also a little strange like who are these strangers at the bar mitzvah we don't know them, we've never come now of course for the families that come regularly so we, uh, we, we of course encourage them to do a regular bar mitzvah Shabbos but for the families that don't come regularly 
we say it's probably not going to work for you to do it this way. And in, from my mind, from our perspective, we say there's so many problems with doing a bar mitzvah Shabbos. There's Chil Shabbos with them driving. They can't take pictures. They're not really doing any major mitzvah coming on Shabbos. So we've started to influence them to do uh, a, either a Rosh Chodesh, which could be on a Sunday or any day, or a Monday or a Thursday. Monday public holidays are all taken throughout the year by people who are doing bar mitzvahs on Monday public holidays where we tell them, you come, we do a special hour service, the kid gets to put on tefillin, it's a real mitzvah that they're doing, walking away with something, there's no chil Shabbat, they can take pictures, they can take videos, and they feel again that the tefillin, the whole ceremony is focused specifically on them, on the boy, on the child, plus he's leaning from the Torah, he's doing the whole thing, because he's just only doing three or four short aliyahs. So, we have found tremendous success in implementing the weekday bar mitzvahs, and being able to, to bring parents to understand that not only is this something that, that uh, is a good uh, substitute, but it actually is a, is a better alternative, and it works out for them in, in a beneficial way. Similar to the idea of a trip to Eretz Yisrael, where they go to the coastal and they do the same bar mitzvah at the coastal during the week, and it's a lot shorter, there's no haftarah, there's no big Shabbos davening. But the same way they've come to appreciate that that's a more meaningful experience maybe than Shabbos, they started to realize that this, this approach is also a lot more meaningful. And it really works a lot better in every area. Um, so that's where we've leaned with bar mitzvah. But if you want to get back to bar mitzvah, I can go through the specifics if you want. Okay, great. So what do you offer specifically for bar mitzvahs? What, what, what programs, uh, what, what's the Shabbos, the Friday night, how does that work? Right. So firstly, Friday night is, is the first choice because majority of the year we're able to, to do that. Um, usually 45 minutes to an hour before Shabbos starts. Um, we basically begin... Uh, the service with you know, a nice introduction. Oh, by the way, no matter whether it's in shul or whether they choose a separate location, which very often they do, they want to do it in a, in a place where they can have the Shabbos afterwards or if it's in a clubhouse or a hotel, wherever it may be. And uh, the, we always set it up like a shul with separate seating, men on one side, ladies on the other side. Even though it's not an official tefillah, I don't want them to have, and this is, this is um, by recommendation of a Rav that said that you don't want them to have any ideas that this rabbi at Chabad does services with, with uh, no mechitza, with, with no separate seating, with mixed seating. So even though it's, it's an issue, it is an issue, and we deal with it all the time, but usually after some nice talking, usually after them coming to other bas mitzvahs and seeing that it's really not threatening, um, they usually end up saying it's fine, and um, we, we proceed that way. So we start off with, I'll introduce... Uh, we do a nice uh, multi-generational Shabbos candle lighting to start off with, where the grandmothers come up, and we first have them light Shabbos candles. They sort of pass the torch on to the mother of the bas mitzvah girl, who then passes it on to the bas mitzvah girl, where we say for the first time, she's now going to carry the torch of Yiddishkeit and her family continuing, taking on this responsibility. So really, the lighting of Shabbos candles is really that, that moment where she's sort of taking on the mantle of being a, a responsible Jewish woman, and that's sort of how we begin. And then she does the bracha out loud uh, together with her mother and grandmother, but she's definitely leading it. And then she does the hirotzin in English. Um, and from there, uh, she does right away a little intro. And now going to start off with, with Psalm 121, whatever it is, Shilamalis. And she gives a little intro as to, as to appreciating and recognizing that this is the beginning of a journey that's, that's not going to be easy. And she's, she's accepting this, this responsibility and says, uh, says the Shilamalis in Hebrew and English. So that's, sort of how we just begin it. And then after that, I sort of 
you know, continue things off with making, you know, a couple of a couple of songs. We started with Hinema Tova Manayim. Again, this is not something that she's singing. This is something that I'm singing, leading. She's standing there, but it's not part of her uh, any part of her job that she's reading. Um, we're careful not to have the girl doing singing um, independently from everybody else, uh, even though uh, when we say, let's say, Shema or Shila Malis in a, in, a, in a chant, or if we say sing-song kind of way, um, I was told that that is not an issue. I was told with the Rav that that's fine. That's just like reading with expression. And uh, so after we sing a couple of songs to get the Olam into it, uh, we call the parents up to give a little bracha to the girl. They could do a yivarechacha, a little parent blessing. Um, and then they also have a couple of prayers in English. At that time, I'll give them a chance. Maybe if they want to say a few words, they could uh, also address her and, and say something nicely. Sometimes the grandparents want to come up and say, so I'll give a little filler to the grandparents to say also. And uh, sometimes it'll be, let's say, a translation of, of the Mishaberach, you know, after Ali or something, whatever it is, I find something that's relevant for them to say. And uh, they say it to her as well, their little speech. After that, she then goes into, depending on the level that she is, to giving a little introduction to Shema, couple of other kapitlach of tilim. And again, depending on her level, that's how many she reads. And then I'll introduce what is a section of her Torah portion of that particular week. And that's, that's probably the, the most significant part that she's prepared, which is usually anywhere between 8 to 10 to 15 psukim from the parsha. She reads them, she translates them, she'll talk a little bit about it, giving a little summary on it. All these things are very easily found on Chabad.org and other places, um, which she's you know, becomes very interactive the way she's talking and asking questions, very expressive. And then following that, um, we'll, I'll, maybe you'll sing a couple of other songs, Oisei Shalom, a couple of other things. And uh, for, the, for the conclusion where she gives her Dvar Torah, um, at the end, usually she'll, uh, she'll then, um, you know, sort of maybe say a little still at the end, at the end of her speech as well. One of the nice things that we did, which I actually got from uh, another idea from another shliach, it was Greenberg in Solon, that uh, when we, we sort of finish off with a little kiddish, that uh, we do what's called a cup of blessing, where we call up close family members and friends to come up. They take a little, a little shot glass of grape juice. They say a little nice bracha to her, a little wish for future hope, and pour it into her, you know, the kiddish cup that she's holding. Um, at the end of that, she's got this cup full of blessings, I'll make Kiddush or the grandfather or someone that knows how to read Hebrew will come up and be honored with Kiddush and then they make Kiddush and she, she drinks from the cup as if drinking from the, from the cup of blessings. I asked the Shaila if she's allowed to make Kiddush or not and the Rav told me yes. So I haven't implemented that yet but I do have, uh, you know, there's, there's, I have been told that it is allowed. But Mitzad, you know, the, the, then, then the family, by the way, some of them, you know, go and leave if they're doing it in shul. Some of them stay for Kabbalah Shabbos, another 45 minutes or so. I want to make sure other shulchan also understand. You're saying when you do this, it's, you're just talking about just doing this on its own, meaning, and, and you're saying there's a mechita, and men are on one side, women on the other side, and then you have a front table where she's standing, like, like a bima? Yeah, yeah, all on, all on its own. Before any tiller, before any people come, it's just the family. That's why it's a lot more intimate, a lot more personal. I can talk about her you know, and a mailers and everything else, and, and in, in a situation where they opt to stay for Kabbalah Shabbos, which probably about 50% of the time they do, they say, yeah, we're not in a hurry, it'll be nice. You know, they're, they're expecting a longer service anyway than 45 minutes. 
So they stay for Kabbalah Shabbos. And uh, when they do, I'll then do the whole Kiddush Cup of Blessing ceremony at the end, after, you know, after we finish Marev. Do you have somewhere a list of the songs that you sing or the Shira Malis that you do? A place yeah. For, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. And uh, it's both Hebrew transliterated and translated in English. Also, some of them come with introductory paragraphs that she says as well. And again, it's very flexible. A kid who doesn't know much and hasn't come and she's learning all of it only from transliteration, he's not going to give her that much to do. Um, but the parts that the girls that have been through your system and they come through the whole uh, the whole Hebrew school, then, then obviously they're going to read in Hebrew and they're going to do a nice amount. Email me, you can email me ChabadWP for West Parkland at AOL.com and I'll be more than happy to forward you any, uh, any claim that I have for that. Can you just tell us briefly what would you do for a Havdalah ceremony? Right. Most Shabbos is similar, except for doing the Kiddush at the end, you do a Havdalah at the end. But that's, uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, I never even asked if a girl could do Havdalah. I never even tried crossing that bridge. Any last words of advice that you would offer a Shliach when it comes to Bas Mitzvah? The idea of, of recognizing that people, even though they are very influenced by their friends, and are very much uh, desiring to do what everyone else is doing. They are not. They are not beyond being taught and explained and educated what a genuine and real barambas nefesh should be. And if you have the confidence to tell them that this is what's been done for generations well before the advent of the new age barambas mitzvahs today in in American society, then they will buy it. They will buy it, and they will come and see how you do it for somebody else. And they will be very pleased and almost never have we gotten a feedback. I think never we've gotten a feedback saying, you know, this was a little bit of a disappointing service. We would have much rather uh, doing something else elsewhere and so on. Every family has been happy. Why? Because the girl has recognized that it's not just about this one ceremony. It's about my whole life and the way that, you know, I speak to her and the way she's learned all the things that she learned is is very much based on the idea that I'm a Jew for life. I'm proud of that, and that's that's what I'm going to walk away with. Thank you, Rabbi Mendy Gutnick, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha and unique approach to Bas Mitzvah and even Bar Mitzvah. We really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. I look forward to continued discussion. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would just like to say, if you know any Shluchim that are successful in any specific area, it's a great help to know who they are and what they do. You can just email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com with your ideas. Make it a great week.